Oh, good morning, Southfield. It's so good to be with you here this morning as we get all the, the mic situation figured out. I'm glad to see that uh, nobody's walking in with crutches or, <laughs> you know, got both shoes on. I saw last year uh, all kinds of videos of people slipping and literally, like, there was this dad who, as kids are walking out of school, it might have been two years ago, as kids are walking out of school, he's like, this is the spot where they're going to slip. And he just kept the camera on this one spot as kid after kid after kid. Oh. And you just see the camera, you know, shaking and nice, he's laughing. Nice I'm like, guy. Come on, man. Yeah. But this one kid, this one kid slipped so bad that he literally lost one of his shoes. Shoe oh, goes flying off and then just laid there like, oh, my, my life is over. And the dad's just, you know, doing that wheezy laugh. It was great. That's funny. So these are the mornings that um, we, we tend to talk about Green Lake Back, 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 long before it was a conference center or anything mm -hmm. else, and it was an open farm field, there was a family that decided to settle there in the 1850s in a one-room log cabin, and um, they had, I believe, four children, and then the husband was called off to the Civil War, and he was gone for a few years. And Kim, every once in a while, will reference what in the world would it have been like to be in the middle of rural Wisconsin, neighbors miles away. It is 26 below zero and ice. You got to go out and get the firewood and take care of the kids. And uh, yeah, it could be worse. Sounds like a nightmare. It could, yeah. it could be a lot yeah. worse, <laughs> right? So uh, we, we have a, a, an attitude of trying to fight through. I think that too much of our society has become cupcakes and snowflakes in large part because we don't fight through anything anymore. Today was an adventure. We got to have some adventure. I was asked on the way in, and it is valid. You will get extra heaven points for being in church on January 9th, 2022. Just tell Peter I told you you get points. He'll smile. So go ahead. Probably give you a heavenly ice cream cone or something. <laughs> Salvation is free, but the ice cream in heaven will cost you. So there you go. You'll, you, can, you can use your heaven points. They're kind of like Culver's Scoopies, you know? Use your heaven points, and you got extra heaven points for, for forging through the ice. What's you happening? never know what's going to happen on a Sunday morning at Southfield. Okay, so really, really good to have you here today. Um, we have a number of things <clears throat> that we want to share with you. I was really... Uh, glad already had a few people uh, contact us and say, yeah, I'd like to be involved in getting, getting back to praying mm -hmm. on Sunday morning at the tables up front. So over the next couple of weeks, we'll be getting that going again. There are times that you walk in, you've got a burden that's uh, weighing heavy on you, you need to share, or, or maybe there's something that, that during the morning, whether it was through the message or music or you know, just whatever the Holy Spirit moved you, uh, you need that opportunity to pray. So here, as January gets rolling, we'll be re-entering that. But if that's something that you're interested in doing as a ministry, just give us an email, uh, dennis at southfieldchurch.com, office at southfieldchurch.com. Any of those uh, will get through just fine. You got your update yesterday, and there were, there were a couple things in the update that were important. The one is that uh, we, at, <clears throat> as the new year starts, we have an annual meeting. And uh, ours actually will be February 1st at 5.30. So that's a night to come together and celebrate all that God's done uh, in the previous year. I like the, those business meetings because we, we get a lot of stories from throughout the year. You know, you hear a lot from the stage. You mm -hmm. hear a lot from just being a part of the life of the church. But 
when we're all together, all telling, you know, how God has worked through, through the church and through the lives of people in the church on that night, it is, it's really special. It's really cool. And I think the only one that I didn't like was when I had uh, frostbite on the bottoms of my feet because we had just gotten back from our, our uh, winter camp with the kids. You, and you lost heaven points that yes, day. Yes, yeah, because we decided Those to walk barefoot stupid points. on ice. For, <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was really stupid. But, but yeah, so even if you have nothing going on that night, make sure you come out and, and spend some time with us. Yeah, yeah very good. And then at the beginning, uh, the, the first announcement there was that we are moving toward uh, the beginning of February. We've got this great uh, all-church transformative experience that we're going to be undertaking, and it involves uh, doing some daily uh, devotional work. It involves getting involved in a small group and what will be happening on Sunday morning. So we've got some leader training going on for that, and uh, just hope that you'll, you'll, get, you'll, you'll be looking forward to that. We'll be talking over the next couple of weeks about getting workbooks out to people and all the, all the pieces that will go into that, but just kind of keep your eye toward that. Normally, we start groups in January, uh, so it's a little bit of a delayed start, and if you have a group that you've been a part of, you're kind of missing being together, get together. Just call them. Hey, let's go out to eat. Let's do something uh, together and, and enjoy being with each other. So uh, those two things are important. We also have at the top, we always have the uh, Spotify playlist of the music that we're going to be singing this week. We have the, the links to the scripture readings so that you can listen to them as well as read them. We have the link to the uh, notes so that you can use the uh, Bible.com events app yeah. right now during church. But the one that we've added here is the, the playlist that we've been building of all the uh, different songs for this sermon series. So it looks something like that. There are two more today that are being added. We're excited about that. So uh, my question for you is, are you ready for anything, my friend? I guess so. What's anything look like for, the, for, the, for students as we go through July? As we go through Ju uh, July, January, oh. frozen brain. <laughs> I, I was, say that's I was the cold. <laughs> All right, so tonight, no. Uh, <laughs> I was wondering. I, I, I get, apparently, clearly, am not ready for anything because I wasn't ready for that <laughs> question. Um, <laughs> but no, we are... Um, we are going to be in full session here for the, for the next uh, few weeks, and we are actually going to be doing uh, Rooted along with the with Big Church. So we're not going to do the full program necessarily. Uh, we're going to shorten it a little bit uh, and and break it down a little a little more for our students. But I, I'm I'm really excited for what those conversations can be like between kids and parents yeah. as you're working through the same material, having the same conversations with journey groups and and our high school group. Um, I think I could lead common to some Common really experience, cool common language, same page experience. Mm -hmm. that's, that's why we want this, so yeah. that we can all, you know, a lot of us are newer, and just to get on the same page yeah. together as a church, even with our students, is yeah. going to be pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. So anything else going on that Nothing you've been told right that, that we were supposed to tell and I forgot or anything like that? We're good. No, good to go. <laughs> so what I'm going to have you do is read, um, read Matthew chapter 2. From here to here, all right? And this is the story about the wise men. Mm -hmm. So give that to us, please. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem, and they asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come here to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. 
in Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem in the land of Judah, are by no means least among rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler whom will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, it, Herod, then Herod called the Magi secretly. You didn't know you were learning about a new biblical character. Today. <laughs> then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time that the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their countries by another route. Thank you. I think you're thinking of the other part of the story. Uh, Harold is the angel. <laughs> Hark, Harold the angel sings. So anyway, yeah, you got it. In Greek, it's Harold, I promise. So anyway, let's pray. God in heaven, I'm grateful that we get to be here together uh, in your house with your people, uh, sharing the warmth of the love that we have because of Jesus Christ. And I pray that as we have the opportunity to learn today, that our learning will not simply lead to uh, the inbox of information in our brain, but that it will sink down to the transformation in our hearts that we will look more like Jesus because of the time we invested here today and because of the continuing walk that we share with you and each other. In Jesus' name, amen. Been trying to think of a good example of this, but I've only got 12 minutes. So, is there something in your life, a picture, an image that you have that's just absolutely beautiful? You love it, you love everything about it. And then somebody started telling you the backstory on the image, and the image is very different than what you always thought it was. It just like totally transitions that. I'm, I'm going to mess with some of you a little bit right now. Because you have an image in your mind of three guys that we call the wise men. Melchior, Belshazzar, and, and number three. And uh, <laughs> these wise men, the three of them, are at your nativity set. And they're beautiful. You have a standing camel and a sitting camel. You have a Caucasian and an African and an Asian kind of the United Nations of wise men. <laughs> and they're all there, adoring Jesus with their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. While the reality of the story is that they probably weren't at your nativity set. They were probably at that point, most likely, in Babylon or Persia, checking out a star that had just appeared in the sky. Bible says there were three gifts. doesn't say there were three wise men. Could have been two dozen. There were three. Maybe there were three, but it refers to three gifts, not three guys. The names, fabrication. Nowhere in the Bible are you going to find those three names. They're great names. Personally, I would have gone for, you know, Harold. <laughs> Something that I can remember Harold, Joe, and John. Anyway, they're not there. They're not there. 
They're spotting a star. They live in Babylon or Persia. They're astronomers slash astrologers. Kind of messes things up for us too. We want to think that we want to think of them as worshipers of Jehovah. They're probably pagans. Worshiping the stars. Getting guidance from the stars. Now, it's possible that they did know God. Daniel had lived in Babylon. Jews had lived in Babylon. It's possible that they did know something of Jehovah. It's possible that they did. But we don't know. What we know is that they're stargazers. We know that Nebuchadnezzar, for example, when he's trying to figure out the meaning of his dream, who does he call in? The magicians and the astrologers. The people who look at the stars to try to figure out what's going on. They're looking at the stars. Millions and millions and billions and billions of stars. And they're trying to figure out what's going on in their universe. And one night they look and go, I've never seen that one before. Unique, new, special. Never seen this star. And it prompts a journey. It's not good enough for them to go, did you see that star? Never seen that one. Chart it. Save it for later. It prompts a journey. It prompts them to explore. It prompts them to wonder as they wander out under the stars. It prompts them to go, to look, to search. What is that all about? Their search brings them to Israel. Their search brings them to Jerusalem. Their search brings them to Herod the king. Where is he that is born the king of the Jews? We come to worship him. We've seen his star to which Herod is greatly disturbed. He wonders, how will we know? He doesn't turn to his astrologers. He turns to the the priests and the teachers, and he says, where's this king going to be born? And you know what's amazing? In Bethlehem of Judea, the Bible already told us exactly where the king would be born. And they know exactly where the king will be born. Herod calls for a private meeting with these wise men, asks when the star first appeared, because of when he decides to kill all the male children in, 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 in Bethlehem, because of the timing of that, and the fact that he wants to kill all children two and under, all the male children two and under, tells us that it was probably more than a day or two, could have been upwards of two years, that they had journeyed to come to where the star showed them to go. They, they, they are interviewed after the interview is done. They continue to follow the star. It leads them to Bethlehem. It leads them to the child. It leads them to Mary. And, and then they bow down and open their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. I love this because when it comes time to leave, this time they don't follow a star. This time they follow the direct guidance of God through his word. A dream comes to them saying, don't go back and talk to Herod. He's trouble. And so they go another way. Here's what I love about these guys. In their preparation for anything, their anything was, they're actually reading the sky, trying to figure out the future, trying to figure out how life works, and something different appears, and they don't ignore it. They don't ignore it. What they had, they had wide-eyed curiosity. They They were curious. They asked questions. They wondered. They they couldn't help but wonder, what is this all about? They asked the question. I believe that that one one of the overlooked spiritual disciplines is the discipline of wonder, the discipline of curiosity. 
When, when I'm going to hire somebody, you know one of, the, my most, one of my highest qualifications is, are you curious about anything? Do you ask questions? Do you wonder about anything? Because for the most part in life, we've got to figure it out. And how do we figure it out? Through asking good questions. Through wondering. Why is that different? Why is that there? What's that all about? What's her history? Asking questions helps us to grow. Wide-eyed curiosity. These men of wisdom were curious. How's your curiosity? Are, Are you content to just roll through life and not ask any questions? God wants you to grow a sense of wonder. He wants you to grow a sense of of asking the question. God is not afraid of your questions. Your your questions don't cause God, oh no, they're going to look behind the curtain and find out I'm a fake. No! He wants us to ask questions. He wants us to probe. He wants us to wonder. How do we grow in this sense of wonder? How does this take place? How do we grow wide-eyed wonder? Well, the spiritual practice is to start crafting great questions. Start asking better questions. Questions beyond the obvious. You know, I, I, I just I, I appreciate so much when you ask somebody a question and they go, well, that's a good question. And not because it's just a stalling tactic, but because they're going, oh my, I've really got to think about that one. I'm going to go somewhere with that. You know, too many of us are great at expressing great statements, but we're not great at asking great questions. Ask the questions. Wonder why. Wonder. When you're reading the Word of God, one of the best ways to approach the Word of God is to bombard it with questions. Ask the questions. Wonder, God, what does that mean? What what is that saying? Who is Harold the King? What's going on there? Ask great questions. Ask the questions. Craft them and put them out there. Psalm 8 is the passage of Scripture I want you to go to as your go-to passage. It starts and ends as bookends with that statement, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. But verses 3 and 4 say, When I look out at the night sky and see the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars that set in place, what are mortals that you should think about them? Don't you love that? David's saying, when I look at the vastness of everything, how in the world could you care about me? How in the world could you even notice me? You've got so much on your plate. How in the world could you even notice me? He wondered. He asked the question, who are these human beings? That you should care for them. Laying on the back, staring into the night sky. Eyes filled with wonder. Using that comparison, you get the chance to stand at the vastness of the ocean, to watch those waves, and then say, and God, you care about little old me. You look at all the grains of sand on the beach, and then you say, and God, you care about little old me. Are you serious? Ask the questions. Have the curiosity. What's the discernment for wide-eyed curiosity? For most of us, when we ask a question, we ask it for one purpose. We want the answer, right? I ask questions because I want to know the answer. I don't ask questions because I want to be a brilliant question answerer, asker. I want, to, I, want to know, I want to know the answer. I want to know where does this lead? What is this all about? You know what stinks about life? I have lots of great questions and no answer. No answer. And I'm convinced that I will get the answer about three minutes after I'm worm food. I won't get it here on earth. I'm not going to get it until I'm in the presence of God. 
Why are you curious? I don't think we should be curious because we want the answer. I don't think that's the prime reason we should be curious. Are you searching for more answers or are you searching for more of God? Asking the question helps me to know more of God. Here's the thing. When I ask the question and I don't get the answer, I'm still able to say, but I trust you more. I trust you. Asking the question is about growing our relationship with God. It's not about getting all the answers. So we ask the question in part because we love the answer, but we recognize that God is the answer. It's like we've talked about in the past, Moses standing there on Mount Nebo, staring out at the promised land, and God says, you don't get to go in. And by that point in his life, I think there was really a sense of satisfaction in his heart that says, I don't need to go in. You are my promised land. I don't need a piece of dirt. I have you. To grow to that place that I have greater satisfaction in knowing more of God than knowing more answers. The song is by Amanda Cook, and it's the song Wonder. I was introduced to this by my daughter, laying on my back in the middle of an open field at Green Lake, where for some reason Wisconsin pays for a lot more stars than we do. We just we don't like stars in Illinois. But you go to you go to you go to Wisconsin, you lay on your back. And there are millions and bajillions and jillions and jillions of stars. And we laid out our backs and we looked up in the night sky. And she clicked her phone. May we never lose our wonder. May we never lose our wonder, wide-eyed and mystified. May we be just like a child staring at the beauty of our king. May we never lose our wonder because you are beautiful in all your ways. The images during communion were all about beauty and wonder. They were all about just being able to stare at something long enough to go, man, that's beautiful, and to catch a sense of wonder. God wants us to grow a deep sense of wonder, to ask the questions, to be curious, wide-eyed curiosity. Here's, you know, we're in the middle of a, a mess right now, Right? I mean, here we are again, this whole pandemic thing is, vroom. just when you think it's, okay, it's tapering, vroom. here we are again. And, and for most of us, we're, we're up to here with it. We've had it. And when we try to understand it, we try to figure it out, we, our tendency is to go political in one or another direction. Have you stopped at all and wondered, God, what are you up to in all this? That's the wonder question for believers. God, what are you up to in this? God, what's the unique thing you're doing? Who cares who invented it or where it came from or lube or lab or bats or God knows what? God, what are you up to in this? He calls on us to ask the questions about his holy will for all of life. That's what we should. We've been so distracted with everything the world is telling us we're supposed to think that we missed the point. God, what are you up to? What do you desire? What do you want? And so we turn to you, God, for your desires. We open our eyes in wide-eyed wonder. We want to know you, know you more, know you better. In Jesus' name, amen.
So we're going to come together and sing a couple more songs. And I want to encourage you to go ahead and uh, use that playlist we're composing and continue to let drip in your heart these character qualities that are, that are growing within us the ability to take on anything. I, part of what I love about, about the gang God is assembling here is that I, I promise you with every last one of them, a few years back, there's, there's no way that they'd have imagined they'd be here now doing this. They're truly ready. They're ready for anything. or They're ready for whatever God brings their way. And that's the way we should live life, ready for absolutely anything God brings our way. So speaking of the way, I'm going to get this out of the way so that you can get where you belong. Let's sing. So if you're ever trying to remember, you know, like, oh, a miracle's never happened to me. You were at church today. The pastor preached two sermons. We did three songs in communion, and we're getting out on time. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. Here's my prayer for you this week, that as you run toward obedience hastily, and as your eyes are opened wide, asking the questions, wondering, I hope that God gives you a moment this week that something just blows you away. It's massive, awesome, incredible. And you can stop long enough to say the words, out of all the world, you've chosen me. What in the world were you thinking? Out of all the world, you chose me. He loves you that much. Now go live in that love. Walk slowly like you did on the way out, okay? <laughs> I saw you doing it. It works. Have a great day.